0: Life with Brent and Jeff.
1: Good evening and welcome to the Alter Life. We are here for part four of our famous Last Word series as we finish up three more episodes after this one of the Alter Life. It's pretty crazy. To the think countdown about. is on. We are gonna talk about a a most amazing Verse tonight, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We're going to kick off the night with this beautiful republic. Talking about a sobering topic
0: tonight, um, a word of separation is the topic. And um, as Jeff said, we've been going through and um, exploring uh, the seven things seven things that Jesus said while I was um, on the cross and um, in his last hour. Hours. And uh, last last week was great. You know, we're, we're moving into now a passage of scripture in Matthew um, documents here. He says, Now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was darkness over all the land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of them heard them stood there when they heard that said this man is calling for elijah and immediately took a sponge filled it with sour water or sour wine i'm sorry and put it on a reed and offered to him to drink and the rest said let him alone let us see if elijah will come to save him jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit and uh, so right before his death here he's crying out and he says and he realizes and he proclaims that god has forsaken him and um, tonight we're going to be exploring what that meant, the depth of that a little bit. Um, you know, Jesus never having experienced separation from his heavenly Father. Um, you know, he was there when the foundations of the world were formed. You know, Jesus was was there at creation, forming the earth with his heavenly Father before we even existed. And here he is on earth, and um, the weight of the wrath of God and the sin that should have been ours, um, on him and, and God forsaking his own son. And, uh, so it's going to be sobering tonight because there's just an amazing amount of weight for that. And the, and the, and the meaning of that to us and in our salvation, Jeff, that really, um, you know, I'm excited to, to see what God wants to, wants to dig up in my own heart tonight with that.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, we learned from the beginning of the Bible that sin separates us from God. So how can God reconcile us back to himself but to put the sin that separates on someone else and to punish that sin so Jesus took that on himself and because of that separation took place between God and God the Father and God the Son something we'll never really understand but we're going to talk about that tonight it's something serious by the way ladies and gentlemen as always this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment the Altar Life with Brent and Jeff. Alright, this is The Altar Life with Brent and Jeff. That last song was Providence by Abandon. And Tonight we're talking about A Word of Separation. This is actually the only uh, saying of Jesus that's recorded in more than one gospel. So far, all of the sayings have been e- either in Luke or in John. Um, this one appears both in Matthew and Mark. And um, the double usage here shows the emphasis, I think, that we should take special heed to what this is talking about here. and Jesus speaking out and says in verse 45 of Matthew 27, Now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was darkness over all the land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Who knows what happened in that three-hour darkness? But um, we it's safe to say that whatever transaction had to take place whatever imputation of sin on christ and imputation of righteousness to us if you want to get into the theological terms (laughs) you know whatever uh exchange took place it took place during that three hours of darkness and the wrath of god was being poured out on the sun and um it's the only time as brent said that he was connected i mean this is someone you know the in the beginning was the word and the word was with god in the beginning and the Word was God, right. and the Word became flesh and dwelled among us as Jesus. He was always connected. How do we fathom that God? You know, in Second Corinthians five twenty one, it says that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself. So, if God was reconciling the world to Himself through the death of Jesus, yet Jesus was being separated from God, but somehow God was in. You know, it's it's crazy. <laughs> like you, you start, you try to think about it, and there's no way. There's no words. Um, which is why we have to treat it very with trepidation and 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 reverence because it's a serious thing that's happened. You know, I look
0: at I look at Jesus here being forsaken, and you know, I recently in my own life have been challenged as I've been studying through some of the major prophets, and you know, it seems you can get laborious sometimes to read through, you know, chapter after chapter of you know, what God's wrath is going to look like and for the <laughs> nation of Israel and for the enemies of God. And, um, you know, and i I've, I've read that so many times throughout my life thinking, okay, yeah, you know, another chapter of gloom and doom for the enemies of God. Right. But as I started really, God started challenging me on it and saying, you know, how do you know that you can understand the love that I have for you? If you haven't really explored the depth of what the wrath of God really is, what my wrath looks like to my enemies, because, you know, that's what we've been saved from, you know? And and I've and I I've been really kind of challenged by that and saying, you know, Lord, I do. I do need to understand the wrath of God better because I have to understand what was going on in this hour, you know, when Jesus had that on himself in its fullness. And... um. You know, and it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, pleasant by any means. I mean, the wrath of God is fierce. And the wrath of God is, is, um, I mean, as Jeff said, like the words to describe it are, you can't, you can't find a word that describes the depth of what the wrath of God is and and the separation and the the darkness and the complete um, destruction that is. And here's Jesus being the Lamb of God that's taking it all on Himself, and um, and He has and He exclaims and cries out in a desperate cry, "Why have
1: you forsaken me, God?" And um, blows my mind. And um, tonight's topic, a word of separation. Jesus on the cross, dealing heavily with uh, the great exchange that took place. And I've been really dwelling in Isaiah 53 a lot. Recently uh, just in my own reading and in preparation for the the series um, this this uh, This verse here is actually taken from Psalm 22, and it's a prophecy of David uh, And it creates a great picture of of the crucifixion of the Messiah And David probably wasn't even aware really what was happening here and um, and he, you know, there's a there's a, a bunch of verses that really give you the image of, of what was going to happen, thousand years later, however many years it was. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me and from my words, and from the words of my groaning? You know, and there's a couple different verses that we can talk about later on. But it's just important to think about that. If you want to do some reading on your own, Psalm 22. Also, Psalm 37 is a good one um, for the positive spin on things, and and just remembering Romans 8. When it says that nothing can separate us from the love of god which is in christ jesus and how it's so important to realize that the reason we are not separated from god is because of christ jesus because he took that separation he, he suffered that that cutting off you know from god and that connection that he had had for all of eternity you know b- before the world began he suffered that so that we never have to and that's important to remember and um
0: You know, tonight we're talking about Eli, Eli, Lama Sabachthani, you know, the words that he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And this is the the point in time where it all came to a head almost, you know, and, um, you know, before this moment, Jesus, you know, as you know, walking through um ridicule and spitting and punching and flogging and um mockery and and beating and um the the physical abuse the emotional abuse the this and then here now you know the spiritual weight the spiritual abuse if you will of the wrath of god on him you know the the cup that he drank at this point in time for us the cup of god's wrath and um you know, in, in his reaction, saying, God, why have you left me? Why have you forsaken me? You know, as Jeff read in Psalm 22, why are you so far away from helping me? And um, it's not something Jesus had ever experienced before. I mean, he's never he had never been to a place before where God's wrath was being poured out on him. This was new. This was, you know, shocking. Um he didn't know how to react in this moment. Um, didn't understand. I mean, I think he understood why he was there, right? But why did it have to go down like this? You know, <laughs> you know. He, read, he prayed in the garden. He says, "If there was any way that this could, this cup could pass, then do it. Otherwise, though, your will be done." Like he understood, like what he, his mission was, but you know, knew what it was going to mean and. Um, and if there's any other way, God, can you help me, God? <laughs> Why are you forsaking me? You know, um, but understood, and and didn't sin in this moment. You know, didn't he? He had the wrath of God on him. He was sin for us, but didn't sin. Um, didn't give up. You know, didn't just decide. Okay, well, God even left me. My father in heaven even left me. Now I'm just going to do whatever I want. You know, it wasn't. it, it wasn't the breaking point. It was the point, though, where all that wrath of God was paid for us um, at that moment. And,
1: um, man, it's crazy. Where we left off was in that three-hour period of darkness when, um, you know, as Isaiah 53 says, God placed on him the iniquity of us all. You know, all we, we've, he was led like a sheep, to the, uh, like a lamb to the slaughter. For the transgressions of my people he was stricken, and they made his grave with the wicked... Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. All these verses that we read about what took place in Second Corinthians five, like I had said, you know, He became sin who knew no sin, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. There are so many things that happen in this moment, or these three hours, which we're like three hours, that's a long time, but if you put it in perspective of eternity, this is the most important three hours. This is what when it says, the, Behold the Lamb of God. That was t- that takes away the sin of the world. And and elsewhere where it says that the Lamb of God was slain from before the foundation of the world. This was the fulfillment of the plan that God had, had in place before he even said, Let there be light. And when we think about that, it shows the weight of this scenario. And just to put it in context, I, I remembered a verse from John 11. When Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. And uh, they take the stone away. And he says, says Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, and I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. And when you, you read that verse, Jesus is saying, the only reason I'm talking out loud to you, God, is because I want people to hear this, and I want them to see the connection that we have. But I know you always hear me, and there's never a doubt about that. And now... For him to say, "My God, why have you forsaken me?" You know, it's the polar opposite. So when we see that, it's not—he's not just saying it because it's in Psalm 22 and he's supposed to say it. You know what I mean? This is a real scenario that's taking place, and we have to—to see it for what it is, which is him being separated because of the sin, our sin, the sin that I commit, the sin that Brent commits, the sin that we all commit. God could not look on it. So when it was put on His Son. And he was judging the with his mighty wrath. He couldn't look at his son anymore. There wasn't a connection there that could be had. And, uh, you know, I was just thinking as we've been reading through this about,
0: you know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? If you just tuned in, we're, we've been looking in this episode series through, um, you know, some of the things that Jesus said while I was on the cross. And tonight we're looking at, you know, when the scene here when um, the wrath of God was poured out on Jesus and he and he yells and he screams, you know, he doesn't scream, but he cries out, my God, my God, in prayer, why have you forsaken me? I was thinking about it because he promises, he's promised us and he promised his disciples and he promises us, I will never leave you or forsake you. And, um, you know, the God, the father and Jesus, they, they will never forsake us. Mm. And here is God (laughs) forsaking his only son. Um, he won't even forsake us, you know, and while you know, while we're saved or whatever, you know, he won't, he won't leave us or forsake us. And here he is forsaking his own son. Um, and then I remember in Isaiah, it says that, you know, God, the father was pleased to do this, (laughs) to send his son, you know, it was, it pleased the father to do this, Hmm. man. (laughs) Okay. So, you know, the amount of love and the amount of, um, Sacrifice that this that this had um, for us is remarkable. You know, and I look at it and I and I and I and I'm humbled, and it should humble us, and it should um, it should cause us to like be baffled in our minds on how this could be, and it could it should take us to a point where we understand the weight of it to the extent that we want to just lift our give our lives to the Lord, and because really, what do we have? that we can offer that is in comparison to this act right here in this moment you know there's nothing and um, like I said before I've been just really challenged by you know understanding the extent of the wrath of God and knowing that man I I got I was in the crosshairs of that and um, Jesus stepped in the way and uh, I don't have to take any of it and I'm 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 saved and I'm forgiven and I'm and they you know, God the Father sees Jesus um, blameless, you know, I, I just don't, that, those are the things that I got instead, mm. and um, and here I am look, reading this passage tonight, looking at what Jesus had to go through, and, and the scene here, and uh, it makes my heart just want to rejoice in, in who the Savior is, and and also be humbled and sobered by that, that, Lord, why would I ever take that for granted? You know, why would I ever go my own way?
1: You deserve all my life. That was Ocean Floor by Audio Adrenaline. What a great song about how our sins are removed so that we're not separated from God. God has forgotten them. He put them on Jesus Christ. We talked about this before in the Word of Absolution episode at the beginning of the series, that God, he doesn't just turn sin aside. And You can look at Genesis 22 where Abraham is, is... you know, told by God to sacrifice His son Isaac, and when He stops Isaac, stops Abraham from doing that, He doesn't say, "Oh, okay, called off, good job, you proved yourself, this is great." He provides a ram for a sacrifice because the sacrifice is still commanded to be taken to take in place. Um, and we talked about that in when God describes himself. He's like, I'm not going to clear the guilty. I offer forgiveness, but I don't clear the guilty. So someone has to pay because the wages of sin is death. Jesus took that death upon himself. In Isaiah 53, it says um, he was rejected by men and he was despised. And, and I think it's in Mark. it says, you know, after Jesus is arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, that all forsook him and fled so not only did jesus experience the forsaking of all his friends all his followers they had didn't had nothing to do with him peter denied him you know he experienced that personal forsaking he experienced the more the more significant forsaking which was god um and himself And we'll talk a little bit more about this as we continue all right that was no greater love by jars of clay and that's what we're talking about tonight god sent his son Jesus and and a lot of times when we talk about this and talk about the wrath of God we think of God as this angry God who Jesus stood, Or God's this freight train and Jesus pushes us out of the way and takes the freight train you know and while that is true in a sense God is the one who came up with the plan and sent his son so um, Jesus was obeying his father's will his father's will is that sins would be atoned for and that we would be reconciled back to Himself. So, I think sometimes we we think about God as being angry, and Jesus is loving. But God is love, and He was the one who orchestrated this plan. And His and His Son submitted to the will of the Father. Um, and this is a great verse. It says in uh, uh, Isaiah forty nine, I believe. And uh, what a crazy thing it says. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me, and my Lord has forgotten me. And we can feel that way sometimes, and we can say, oh, God doesn't think about me, or where's God? I I don't understand what's going on. And he says, can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget you. See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. And uh, the King James says, I have engraven you on the palms of my hands. Mm. And um, what a type that is, you know, just an idea that the Lord, he he doesn't forget us when we think we're, we are forsaken of God, you know, who, who are we to say something that way? But we get those times where we feel like God's just cut off connection from us and God puts in his words, like, how do you, how can you say that? Look at the love, look at my hands. You can see that I don't forget. It says that he bears the marks mm-hmm. that... He got on the cross. That's that's the only man-made thing in heaven is the the scars on Jesus's wrists and his feet and his head and the, the you know the, the spear in his side. Those are the things that that Jesus endured for us so that we could be accepted, reconciled back to God. And it says in uh ugh, sorry, lots of scripture verses tonight. <laughs> it says in Psalm 37, David says it um, that he, he said I, I was young and now I'm old. And I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. He is ever merciful and lands, and his descendants are blessed. And it says later on, that for the Lord loves justice and does not forsake his saints. So not only is God just and punishing sin, but he doesn't forsake his saints. At the same time, he provides a way. He's the just and the justifier, it says. How can that be true of God, that he would be a just God and punish... Deserving sin, but also justify those who committed that sin. You know, it's a dichotomy, but it's a a holy dichotomy (laughs) that is only embodied in Christ.
0: Thanks for listening this evening to The Altar Life with Brent and Jeff. We're glad you're here, and um, we're wrapping up our uh, time here on the radio. And, um, you know, as we go through this last episode series, Famous Last Words, um, we're glad that you're hanging with us tonight, and um, we've only got... I guess after this, Jeff, three more episodes, and um, we'll be hanging it up as a show. But um, you know, you want to keep it locked right here as we uh, as we continue. And, you know, we were we've been talking about the wrath. We've been talking about what Jesus bore, and um, that he was, that he was forsaken by the Father in this moment. And um, you know, and I look at the reverse side of that, and I look at how um, instead of Instead of that, we are um, never going to be forsaken by Jesus Christ. Uh, we never have to experience the wrath of God to its extent. Being saved and being part of the family, um, we don't have to suffer the punishment of sin um, and 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 die a spiritual death. You know, when we when we die and we spend our when we breathe our last breath here. And enter eternity. We won't be um, cast in the utter darkness and separated from God forever. That's what the um, that's what the the end of someone who chooses to reject this gift that Jesus has given us in the cross. And um, we have the opportunity, and I have to go through all that because of this thing, because of what's going on in the scene. Uh, and Jeff, tonight, you know, I look at it and I just. I wonder how anyone could not choose Jesus. You know, if you really understood everything that was going on in this scene, and understood, and, you know, I'm, I'm guilty of not, of kind of, you know, it's so familiar in some ways that I it loses its potency sometimes in my life. And, um, but, you know, it just takes a matter of reading through it and just continuing to try to understand Jesus and the impact that, that this scene had and how he was separator for us and and how it humbles us and how it wants us, you know it causes us to um to be to be humbled by it and and to want to serve the lord with all that we have and um Jeff it's 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 a, it's an amazing thing to to be here tonight and to know that we're just clean and we're forgiven and we don't have to go through all that like he did.
1: Yeah, I mean if you look at the way things were outlined in the Old Testament, there was these uh things that kept the kept the people of God separate from him because he was holy and they were not yeah and when Jesus died on the cross he experienced the separate the veil in the temple was torn but so was Jesus relationship with his father so there was a tearing that took place there was something that was torn apart so that we could have connection again that we could be reconnected that that would which was broken in the garden that separated us from God was removed And Jesus took that separation on Himself. Um, It's really remarkable, and thankfully, you know, Jesus wasn't forsaken; didn't remain forsaken. Right? You know, um, it was a moment in time that God said, "This sin needs to be punished. This sin that has destroyed the world and the the holy wrath of God. God's not just some guy with a chip on his shoulder. You know, this is years and thousands of you know millennia of people's reprobate disgusting hearts um it's all been churned it was all churned up up to that point and and he unleashed it on christ past present future the wrath for all the sins of the world um and and then the bible also says that we can come boldly into you know into god's throne room and say help you know we have that access because of what jesus did because of the, the veil being torn and uh and Jesus being torn for us What an amazing topic tonight We haven't even scratched the surface If you want to do some word study And go into the word and just study the, the, All the passages The prophecies about God sending his son The Messiah to take on the sin of the world You know uh, The first mention of lamb is in Genesis 22 When when uh, Abraham says to Isaac God will provide himself a lamb for the sacrifice and then in John one twenty nine, where John the Baptist points at Jesus and says behold the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world the way he was able to take the sin of the world was to be slaughtered and to to have that death the, the ultimate death that he died for all of us once and for all so that we can now be reconciled to God
0: praise him and uh, we've studied tonight about just how God was forsaken and Jesus Jesus was forsaken on the cross by his heavenly father and um, for us and and ultimately he did that because he loved us and he do- did that because he wanted us to not be forsaken by his heavenly father as well and you know tonight you may think you're forsaken you know I don't know who's listening tonight and where you're at in your life and um, you may think that God has forsaken you you may have think that you know you've done something so bad you're so far from <laughs> where you should be that um you feel that like God really has forsaken you at this point. There's no hope for you. And, um, you know, that's not true. That's the enemy lying to you and condemning you. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You can, if you're in Christ, and what that means is that you've identified yourself with Christ in this moment. And Christ has been forsaken on your behalf. And if you really believe that tonight and you give your heart to Jesus Christ... You know you can say that with Christ you know he because of what Jesus has done on the cross you have the opportunity to never be forsaken by the Heavenly Father and not just does he not punish you for the things you've done wrong but he gives you all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus everything that Christ has inherited um, from the eternity (laughs) all spiritual blessings are ours and it all—it all was this passage here tonight. It all—it all—it all, it all, it all spe- was because of this, because Jesus bore everything we deserved, and um, and in, in trade, instead of just not giving us what we deserved, He gives us everything we don't deserve as well. And um, tonight, just may that be an encouragement to you as you are sitting there, and you might be thinking, you know, that you're beyond repair. There is no one that is beyond. Um, beyond what jesus paid for right here on the cross and um so tonight you know i just want to encourage you to give your life to him and um and never be forsaken (laughs) which is the good news that's the gospel that's what we rejoice about tonight and praise jesus for taking our wrath and um, being forsaken on our behalf and until next week be cool cats for christ